Today, I'm joined by Anita Lal and Paul Austin, co-creators of the Indian frying fragrance brand Lila Nur Parfum. A love letter to the world from Indian's rich floriculture, Lila Nur Parfum is transforming a modern perfumery, and I cannot wait to learn the story behind it all. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Found the Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today, and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a like to welcome our guests for today, Anita Lal and Paul Austin. They are the co-creators of Lila Nur Parfum, a modern fine fragrance brand bridging India's rich culture with French haute parfumerie. The brand launched in 2021 when Gurdjieff founder and fashion powerhouse Anita met fragrance industry veteran and brand expert Paul and realized a mutual passion for perfumery. On a mission to inspire the world with India's abundance of natural fragrance sources, Lila Nyor is also committed to sustaining its floriculture economy, developing a deep relationship with its community of nearly 10,000 farmers and flower pickers. I love that each product in the brand's collection highlights a unique singular ingredient whether it's jasmine or tuberose, from Madurai or spices, from Kerala and Assam. Anita and Paul have truly enhanced each ingredient to tell a sensorial story and redefine Indian fragrances in the global industry. I can already tell this is going to be such an inspiring story and I cannot wait to delve in. So Anita, Paul, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. My pleasure, Akash. Great to be here. Thank you. So guys, I asked all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you. So I'll start with Anita. Who, in a nutshell... Is Anita Lau? That's not an easy question. I mean, all right, if you want to know who's Anita Lal from what I think, I think a mad lady uh, who just chases every thought that comes to her and passionate about so many different things. And, and you know, I just tend to jump into things before I've thought them all through. And uh, I started, I'm an accidental retailer, I'm an accidental hotelier, and I'm an accidental perfumer. I get excited by a lot of things. I, I mean, I, I'm curious, I'm, I enjoy things, I, uh, I love music, I like to be my own DJ, I, so everything. And perfume has been, let's say, something intrinsic in my life, all through, all through my life, from my childhood. So there are many, many things. Now, perfume, I never thought I would actually get into such a big story and do such a large thing, but it's just happened. That's how all my, everything in my life happens. I thank the universe and I think that uh, I'm just grateful for all that happens. And uh, I just, in my good Hindu Vedic way, we say, let's do our very best and let's just leave the results for the universe. That's how I do it. Oh, I love that. Oh, beautiful. Um, and, and Paul? Who, in a nutshell, are you? In a nutshell, for me, it's always been about the curiosity of the world going out and through scent, actually. Scent, for me, was always a way to connect with extremely interesting people from my early days of working with Serge Routins in Paris or Thierry Mugler. I found that scent was this incredible way to connect with people. So for me, it's always been about cultural curiosity and discovery and, indeed, 
you know, coming to India and spending so much time there and meeting Anita, that sort of has been such a mother load for me because it's a place where I can indulge so much of my curiosity, my my love of connecting people, idea, ideas and, and business uh, all together. Oh, it's amazing. So, I mean, before we go into how Linear started and created, I do want to start a little bit about your individual journey. So, Anita, I'll start with you. Um, me and my sister are huge fans of Good Earth. Every time we go to India, especially Mumbai, like just it's near from Soho House. Whenever we stay there, we always have to pop to Good Earth. And um, I would love to know how it all started in 1996 and yeah, a bit about the journey. You know, I'm a student of psychology. I did my master's in psychology. I always thought my career lies in clinical psychology. and uh, But I got married. I had three children. And uh, when the kids were growing up, I just started learning studio pottery. And when I was doing studio pottery, I, I happened to look at the rural potters of India. And I realized that they had so much talent, but no one to tell them where to go next because... People were stopping to use matkas, you know, the water pots. They were using refrigerators. They were losing their... So, I mean, not that I could do that much, but I just thought, what can I do? Because I'm learning pottery. So I started working with rural potters and uh, created a little kiln. And, uh, you know, Akash, I can't explain to you how difficult it was because, you know, to make small little pots in a studio is different than you're making huge uh, pots in a big kiln, which was also not a very controlled kiln. We used to have big blasts inside the kiln and we used to wonder why that happened. And that was because we were going too fast, the firing. These are all the things you learn as you go along. So pottery was what I was doing. And then one fine day, my husband said that a friend in Bombay says he has a shop. My children, my daughter has already got married. I was 48 years old. And he said a friend has a shop in Bombay, which he wants to give, in fact, to the Royal Enfield, which is my family's um, company and he said I'm going to make a showroom so I asked him I said I have a dream should I do some pottery there put my pots so he said well why not that's how good it started so we started with pots in Kemp's Corner in Bombay and again I mean just look what I did without thinking I'm sitting in Delhi I'm opening a retail store in Bombay I know nothing about retail I don't know what's the word merchandising. <laughs> I started looking up. I said, what does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> he said, you need a warehouse. I said, oh, we need a warehouse. Oh, okay. Where do we get? How do we do it? I mean, all of that. And still, but the only thing was I wanted to do it really well. And so when we yeah. created the little shop in Bombay in Kemp's Corner, when people came, they were, I mean, there was an aha because all the senses were involved. You know, I wanted Neroli. So Neroli is my favorite fragrance, by the way. So it always smelt of Neroli. There were always, there was a fountain and from the heat of Bombay, you enter, there was a cool marble floor. There was, mm. you know, white walls with with textured palms on them and all kinds of things and colorful crockery. And uh, that's how I started my career. That's how good it started. And I thought I'll always end up doing this one little shop and that will be what I'll do. But, uh, you know, Akash, life doesn't do <laughs> leave you like that, as you know. No. So people wanted this and they wanted more and they wanted this. And then the rest is, that's amazing. Oh, so inspiring. And I think it's a good testament to, you know, don't let fear of starting things get in the way. I think just go in that journey and there'll be people on that journey to help you, you know? Just from the universe. The universe, the universe. helps you, you know? Exactly. I'll tell you, when I started in 1996, India was a closed economy. 
and at that time there was no such thing as good retail and so we couldn't hire anyone to do what we were doing there was no there was no merchandising there was no retail there was nothing so you know it was all but as you say if you have the passion somehow the universe slowly makes a way for you and that i would tell all young entrepreneurs the two things is totally passionate never give up never give up no matter how bad things get but don't if you can hang on hang on hang on and something will change you know and that's what i say thank you anita so good and uh, paul i mean i don't even want to start i mean it's unfair to make you sum up your career in in just a few minutes because you've had an, a very impressive one but please tell us a little bit about your experience in the likes of unilever and all your other roles in the fragrance industry well look i think i think that i mean you know it's just incredible again to hear anita's just talking about what good earth has done has become is just is so inspiring but you know from from my point of view it's quite simple in the sense that um, you know i left australia I, I did a university exchange in the uk and then went to work for unilever in their management training program and i was destined to go and work in marketing in one of the big fmcg companies but at the last minute Unilever said would you be open to working in one of our perfume making divisions but you'd have to go and work in Paris for a while and I said well that sounds rather nice and I didn't speak a, a word of French and I was sent off to Paris and I met someone who changed my life and I think this is also a point um for people who are listening when you meet people along the way yeah. you make you just need to be conscious of that and this this person his name is Yves Ducherie and um who is probably singly one of the most important people in my career and he was the head of this division of Unilever's um uh, of a particular part of Unilever which was a fragrance creation company called Quest International at the time and his family is from the first family from grass seventh generation and he sat me down on the first day and he said now Paul while you're in France I want you to learn about French perfumery but I want you to learn French I want you to learn about French art and French culture and for me it was were really tough years living there in terms of what was expected but it was it was absolutely foundational and it's because of Eve and because of all the experiences I had there that I've had um this passion and this knowledge about perfumery um that has continues to nourish everything that I've done a lot of the things I've done rather in my career and then I went on to have a long career within Quest ultimately being their global head of fine fragrances um and we quest was known before it was acquired by Givenchy we created all the Serge Lutens fragrances Lamal by you know uh, uh, Lamal Jador uh, Narciso many 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 different fragrances and so um that was a fantastic um um trajectory and then ultimately i uh, took a sabbatical and went off to india ostensibly for one month but that turned into a passion and i went there to study ayurveda and end up spending almost 5 months there many in the south really becoming completely transfixed by what i found in 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 india and that then changed everything and now i have to ask how did you guys both meet actually i was introduced through my niece who happened to know i think bandana tiwari was a person who knew about paul and i know bandana very well she's a dear friend yeah oh. and uh, bandana i also know very well and she said you know there's someone because i used to keep I used to keep saying, you know, girls, I want to do something about India and about our perfume uh, heritage because, Akash, as you know, that in India, you know, very often I felt that when I smelled a so-called jasmine uh, in uh, in a perfume uh, in any of the French-American ones, it didn't smell like the jasmine we knew, you know. 
And I used to say that we should do things from India, which people should then get a feel of what we smell in India. Then I used to keep saying it. And then my friend said, you know, there's this guy who, Paul, who's, you know, also very interested. And uh, we, I made a call. We spoke and he was in Australia at that time. That was a long time ago. And then we met. And then, uh, well, so many things happened. He came to India. We did a full uh, tour from, um, you know, to the places where scents were, you know, the traditional places like, uh, Paul, what's the name? We we we, we, we 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 did we went yeah. we went back to um, um, I took you back to to Kanauj. Yeah, yeah. So we went to Kanauj, which was quite a trek. Wow. And then we went down south to Coimbatore, and uh, you know, so then we understood. Then actually, we were very fortunate in Coimbatore. We met this wonderful company called uh, Jasmine Concrete. There are two wonderful young men, uh, Raja and Vasan, uh, who were growing. Uh, all the jasmines and all a lot of such natural aromatics in Coimbatore, and they were actually exporting to Fermanish and to many other companies. And that's when we thought, you know what, we will work with them, and we're still in deep collaboration with them. They are our dear friends. And we use their key ingredients to inform our perfumes that we do. So when we say Mali, Ansali, the Mali is coming yeah, from our friend my favorite. from Jasmine. Mm-hmm. In Quebecor. when we say Rajni Nocturne, it comes from there. I think the rose, where does it come? Is it coming from Aligarh or is it coming from there? In our Gul Rouge and our Rose Atar Absolute, there's an Indian-grown rose centifolia, which is the first time ever that a rose from India has been used in an international perfume because of our partnership and because of Anita's foundation of the with this Rosebug foundation we were able to get this rose uh, and working with Furmanish added to the international perfumery palette so it's the first time ever that an Indian rose has been used in an international perfume. Furmanish was a bit surprised we were actually putting pure and real fragrances inside our perfumes and they said you know this is going to cost you a lot but I said you know Paul I'm not going to do it unless we have our Indian uh, juices in it and what's the point why would I do it? So that's good. And for anyone listening, um, Fermanish is one of the you know greatest fragrance houses. You have a few in the industry, uh, like whether it's Robert Tay, IFF, but Fermanish are definitely one of the top. But I think it's very good that um, people understand like uh, sourcing and sustainability is this whole part of this journey when it comes to fragrance. And there is a lot of fragrance, but actually you can cut through the noise by going a bit deeper about where exactly does these notes come from and how do they have an impact? And that's one thing I was the most surprised when Paul, when I was met you is I learned so much about um, a lot more about the industry, but also felt so much more confident. And now I, I wear Lenore because I feel more connected to the whole journey, right? The, the transparency. Well, if I may, I'd love to tell you just a, a quick Please. little anecdote on that, yeah. which is, so as Anita said, um, so I think it's easy. I think it's one thing should be said that we can see that today, the world is awash with perfume and awash with niche brands. And, and you know, it's it's a fairly low barrier to entry to go and, you know, make a perfume, go to a perfume house. And I don't think Anita or Norai wanted – that was not what not, – certainly from each one of our vantage points, that was never, ever the mission. Our mission is long. Our mission is all about how do we sort of, um, you know, really um, raise awareness about India's role, both ancient and modern – uh, in perfumery, you know, because India has such a vast and long story in perfumery and 
It contributes so many key natural ingredients that are used in oat perfumery today. Yeah. And our goal is to really uh, raise long-term awareness uh, about that and in, and and to, to sort of reestablish India's authority. Yeah. Um, so we, we wanted to do something that was profoundly different in the way we created the scents. And so that's why it was, as Anita said, we really grew the scents from the beginning, from the fields. And that's why this partnership with Jasmine CE is the company was so crucial. Mm. Um, there's a traceable link that they have an innovation, true innovation that's two-way between what they're doing and what uh, Furmanish Innovations team is doing on the naturals level in grass. So our brand is actually built on a deep two-way innovation on the ingredient and the agricultural level. Mm. And that's why we're working with Furmanish because of this innovation on the ingredient level. So that that was so I'm saying that for, for listeners to think, dig deep. Don't just think about doing another mousetrap. Try to actually form found make a foundation on on an approach that's profoundly different. And that's just one of several things we've attempted to do um, to, to 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 deliver a yeah. differentiated long-term um defensible sort of um, product form and, and, and philosophy. I feel it must have a greater purpose than commerce because without that, really, there's no fun. And no longevity. Yeah. I want to, uh, you know, uh, celebrate India's stories. Now, the commerce is always a secondary part. Yeah. Yeah. No, I fully agree. And indeed, Anita's, what Anita has been doing, and, you know, with, with this Rosebarg Foundation and these 5,000, our community of 5,000 women who are our pickers in Tamil Nadu. I mean, what Anita has done is just extraordinary to work with uh, the Rosebug Foundation to um, to train th- these women to like. So, a couple of things is you know this this crop. The, these women they're all they're almost exclusively women who pick these flowers culturally. Yep. But during the year, there's sometimes there were moments during the year when the when the fields would be fallow and there wouldn't be work. So working with our partner, Jasmine CE and the Rosebug Foundation, there was a new crop added to extend the crops to have full employment throughout the year. And then in the afternoon, Akash, these women were also searching for more more opportunities for work. And so, again, with Anita's Rosebug Foundation, um, in bringing in looms to and training to train these women how to weave baskets and mats using upcycled and fresh vetiver roots and what, what what's happening now is all these beautiful baskets and prototypes are now being made and they're going to be sold in the good earth footprint and beyond with these opportunities going back so it's all part of the philosophy about driving opportunity back to, to. these the people that work in the floriculture world of india that's absolutely the heart of the philosophy of what we're doing it's not just about selling pretty bo- nice smelling bottles yes that's important it has to be the lead but behind it is the long vision exactly for anyone listening you know rosa bag it means rose garden right and there's i love on your website yeah. you have this whole story and and so if people want to learn a bit more about the social purpose i will put a link in the summary where people can just research a bit more themselves um because i think there's a lot more into there that i want people to just read about and um, educate themselves about i guess not only Lanur, but I think generally speaking, the industry and, and in especially India and Madurai, the region, the region. because I want more, uh, even, you know, our, our scent of our hair oil, we named it Madurai and, it, you know, we use Jasmine Sambak um, and uh, we use, I had a Fonsu Damashi, as I said before to you, Paul, made the scent uh, inspired by his trip. And I think it's very important that 
Madurais but put on a map and people understand how amazing it is. And um, it's very important that I think uh, when we think about Jasmine, we think about the truest, most raw, potent form. Uh, and that's when I smelt uh, for the first time when I met Paul in person and I got to experience uh, Mali and Solid. I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly like the temples and the Jasmine so fresh um, that I think most people think they've smelt jasmine, but they probably haven't smelt it till they tr- smell Mali in Salute. That's like, for me, jasmine, you know? Akash, if you were to smell the other of jasmine, that's even... Oh my God, that's it's beautiful. That's pure jasmine. So you really sit, think you're sitting in the jasmine field. Yeah. The jasmine at the absolute. And, and I think, Paul, you did this before, right? Is you put a little bit of, you mix it together. It's another layer. It's another... We're another universe. <laughs> that's, you know, I tell you, that's Anita. Anita is the mixer of everything, the mixer of music, the mixer of perfumes, the mixer of people, the mixer of tastes, but yeah. the mixer of perfumes amongst everything. So, and I think that Anita, you know, you mm-hmm. were determined to have these ether and these atars and, and then blend them. It's all about the blend. Is it not? Can you explain a bit about that, actually? Like, just for anyone listening about, uh, and talk about the type of different um, fragrances you guys have, plus with the absolutes as well, because I think it's very unique. Yeah, you know, uh, Atar, as you know, is the ancient Indian tradition. And uh, we always use natural aromatics in India. And sandalwood was always the, the what you call, fixative. And it was also, everything went into the sandalwood oil. And that's how Atars were made. And so we wanted to create a modern other and and when you create a modern other, then it has to have the purity of that particular. That's why as yet we have not mixed it. So rose is rose, tube rose is tube rose, and jasmine is jasmine. But having said that, I feel Akash is telling, uh, I mean, look, I, if I have monsoon vetiver, I mix my Mali Onsalid, then I put on monsoon vetiver. Because, you know, in the monsoon, you smell the jasmine and you smell the vetiver and I smell Mix the two. Exactly. <laughs> like that, you can mix. You know, people should personalize things. I yeah. think, why should we get stuck in any? I don't believe in any singular thing. Everything can be multi. The universe was made with a trillion flowers, with a trillion birds, with a trillion different people. And you can yeah. celebrate each one and mix them, you know? So, yeah, I think mixing is quite fun. And it also personalizes what you want to do. Yeah. And your mood, you know, it adapts to how you feel that day, what you want to emulate that day. I think it's important to have this apocryphy. Um, for, for those listening, the, the key bases, do, uh, maybe Paul, do you want to talk about uh, the different of the parfum scents? So, uh, Leonor is about the uh, bringing together social conscience with the exploration of French, Indian and French perfume culture. So we are mining this world. And so it means looking at Indian flora, Indian scenting rituals, and also the best of French um, perfumery expertise as well. So in that, if you look at it from an EDP point of view, that the creative approach was taking these iconic Indian perfumery ingredients. And the thing is, I think that Anita and I bonded over was that that so many of these ingredients are the starring role in so many perfumes today. We talk about, you talked about Dior earlier today. You know, um, my dear friend, Kelise Becker, who I worked with for years, who was the original creator of Jador, um, says that without um, Jasmine Sambak and Indian tuberose, Jador would not be Jador. And the thing is, neither Indians nor anyone around the world understands to the level that Anita and I think, they don't understand the imprimatur that India has on modern perfumery, let alone 
ancient perfumery. And we say something internally, to go back to what you said before about Madurai, Akash, we have a saying internally, we say, before grassed, there was Madurai, because Madurai goes back many hundreds of years, thousands of years before. So from a creative point of view, we started with these iconic Indian perfumery ingredients and had gave perfumers carte blanche to create these iconic scents. So one based on this jasmine sambac, Mali Insolite. One based, and Mali is the name of the, the flower that's grown in the hair. Insolite means intriguing. The, the second one is based on a tuberose, how iconic. And when you go to, when you go to Anita's home, you know, it's Anita, you know, your house is just a, prof, a Diwali is a profusion of, of, of tuberoses. And so it's all about that, that, and that's uh, Clement Gavary. The third scent is based on a, on a rose. And, you know, Anita and I didn't want to just do another rose. So Fabrice Pellegrin, it was the idea of a, a temple, walking into a temple at five o'clock in the morning and the roses strewn everywhere that are wet, drenched and dewy. That's called Goul Rouge and so on and so forth. Yeah. And the rose was more watery as against the powdery rose that you feel normally. There's a powdery scent in most rose perfumes. Ours had a watery, transparent element, which I loved. And then we did, uh, of course, uh, uh, Davana, which was the very interesting one, you know, unusual. Paul, tell them about Davana. And, and so Davana Sedra, based on the spiritual plant of India, Davana, um, it was Honorine Blanc, the master perfumer from Fermanish Pairing, you know, this this sort of sacred spirituality of, of Divana, which has a boozy, herbaceous quality with the strength of cedarwood. And that was a finalist for Perfume Extraordinaire last year at the Fragrance Foundation Awards and so on and so forth. And I don't want to belabor it, Akash, and I'm going to happily go through each one. But but you see the idea and yeah. even down to the agar epice, which is our version of doing an oud in an Indian way, because each time we want to call out the Indian story, and most people don't know what oud is, yeah. but they certainly might not know that it comes from the Aquilaria tree, and that Aquilaria tree grows in abundance in Assam. So each time we're trying to tell an Indian story. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, for the whole array of fragrance, I will also put a link, and people can go on the website. And I think you guys have done a phenomenal job of, of explaining the notes, the description, and the, the bit of the story um, with the flora and the perfumer. So I think that's like one thing I loved is just seeing the, the detail about who was the perfumer, the master perfume behind the scent. I think it really connects you and makes you also really feel that there's expertise, there's love, there's heritage, and all that, and the connection between that class and Madurai, as you said. Um, one quick question, and then we're going to start wrapping it up soon because I know you know we have busy days ahead and, and businesses to run. But the name Lila Nur, how did it come around and what does it mean? So, Akash, probably the longest time we took on this whole perfume project was to get the name. The name. It was the toughest bit, if you ask me. <laughs> I can imagine. We so many strange iterations, etc. So we just couldn't get the name. And whenever, whatever name we would say, we say, oh, okay, okay, some like, some didn't like. Yeah. Then eventually you won't believe it, but actually it's the name of my granddaughter. So hey. her name is Lila No. Lila, Lila Noor. My granddaughter is Lila, my son's daughter. Her name is Lila Noor. And she comes from a very mixed heritage. Her grand maternal, maternal grandfather is uh, like a Persian Muslim. Her grandmother is from the Karnataka Christian. Uh, her paternal grandfather, my husband, he's a Hindu. And I, his, his grand, paternal grandmother, is a Sikh. 
So we have four religions in the four grandparents of Leela No. And so I thought, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about the cultural uh, streams that have flown into India. And personally, I feel that each one has enriched this beautiful, uh, you know, civilization. Uh, it starts with the Vedic, but then it's got so many streams. And each one who has come has added, uh, you know, I'm not talking about politics because that's not a place we want to go to. But yeah, but culturally, but culturally, I honor every every stream of culture that came into this country because we got enriched by it. And uh, so Leela is, of course, the original, the play. Oh, we decided all this when we were in Suneva. In fact, Imran, uh, what's his name? I forget. He was oh. also there. BOF. Ahmed. But, Imran Ahmed. Imran Ahmed from Business and yeah. Fashion. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We were all together. And finally, we. I said, you know, we couldn't agree, couldn't agree. I said, let's call it Leela. Because Leela, in Vedic terms, it's the divine play of uh, of, of creation. You know, it's the effortless creation is Leela. Leela, the Leela. And then the we Leela. all said, Leela sounds a bit short. What should we do? What should we do? I said, well, my granddaughter is Leela Noor. So, oh, let's add Noor. And then Noor is Islamic. Noor is the word Arabic and Persian. And it means divine light. So we have the divine creation and we have the divine light. And so we have two cultures coming into one word. And I wanted that to be India's uh, you know, just to represent our country. And the, oh, I goosebumps! I love it when it all just comes together, right? And it, that's a, such a nice feeling. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to wrap it up. But before, where can everyone find Lila Noor and um, maybe some plans for the future, if you can share? Yeah, well, um, we launched at um, Bergdorf Goodman and um, in October of 2021, and then last summer we expanded to Harrods, and so. And our hope is to launch in India sometime this year. So more to come on that. And so, and we're online at leonor.com. We really would love to hear from your listeners. We'd love to engage and we've got a beautiful discovery kit, which is a very inexpensive way to try all seven of the EDPs, but come into the store as well. And I think that our goal in the future is to really continue with our mission which is to evangelize about the beauty of India's culture and its flora and its perfume story. We are going to the places in the world where that story is, can be told. And we're looking at, at where we're going to be expanding that distribution at the moment. And we've got so many more stories to tell. India is a endless, endless, uh, as Anita said before, there's a trillion um, ingredient, trillions, birds, a trillion. There is, that's the great thing about this um, as as India has, and the irony is of there's never been an international scent brand from India before. No. I don't think there's ever been one ever at Harris. I can't name one. One yeah. ever at Berghoff Goodman. And we hope that we are part of a much bigger movement, um, but there's so many more stories to tell and we are excited to be part of that journey. That's so exciting. Just the first little step to make something a lot bigger, richer, more spectacular as time goes by. And you've started it, guys, with the right, um, I would say, energy, love, DNA. Um, and I think that's a good testament to what's to come, you know. Um, so I want to ask, imagine I'm inviting you to a founded beauty island, but unfortunately I'm being very strict and I'm only allowing one fragrance each. So I would love to know your go-to Lilano scent. So maybe Anita first, what is your favorite one for now? That you, if you were going to take one. 
Well, to be absolutely honest, it's uh, <laughs> what is difficult, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I know, I know. I, I, I mean, have, I have a very crazy <laughs> one. That two, I have to pull out three. But the most crazy one I love is the one I made Paul create, which was we had a lot of arguments on it because it's called incarnation. <laughs> it's in a big bottle, mm-hmm. and it's not a singular perfume. It's got many mixes. It's got incense, rose, jasmine, everything. Mm. And Paul kept saying, "Oh, we can't put this bottle in the middle of the green mm. bottles. It doesn't work." I said, "Paul, I'm Indian, yeah. and in India, all these things work. And we like to have one which is off, off the, you know, thing to to make it interesting." So I would take it. Uh, I mean, you've got an amazing. Master perfumer there, Olivia Crest. Yeah, exactly. So that's um, fantastic. Uh, and Paul, how about you? I, uh, two parts to that answer, if I may. If I had to choose an ingredient, for me, yeah. there is one ingredient in the world that if I had to go on a desert island, it's Indian, pure Indian sandalwood. For me, it is the most cherished, singular, vibrational I thing. I think it ties me to India more than anything else. And it's so hard to find pure unadulterated. Anita showed yeah. me the sources, her secret sources. There's but the a, fr- you know, this is, it's like a secret. My dad always, Deepak Chopra is like a family friend. And every time he asks my dad for Indian sandalwood, and my dad has to like smuggle it to him and be like, this is it. This is all we could find recently, you know? But, but the fragrance which has that in, uh, the, the fragrance that I um, am wearing uh, today that I absolutely love is the Divana Cedra. And that's the one the Wall Street Journal called the new cult fragrance, the one made by Honorine Blanc, because it really has yeah. this extraordinary – Honorine is a master of the of the juxtapositions, and that's one, the sacred spirituality of the Divana with the strength of the cedarwood. So that's the one. But I love them all. I want to add something that Divana, because, you know, in Indian tradition, in the temples, Akash, you would know, it's got a slightly addictive quality. You know, the little bit of, you would say, yeah. like a little – taking you up a little high. There's something about Davana yeah. because you want to keep smelling it, keep smelling it. There's something very addictive about Davana. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, I mean, it's so hard. It, you have all of these amazing sets, but maybe the best one is just take the discovery set on the island. And you can <laughs> there you go. But Akash, we want to say congratulations to you and what you have done is astounding. And uh, really, we're, we're, we're babies. We've only been, you know, we, you know, we're a year or so old. But really, to watch what you've created and accomplished, it's really, um, as they say in France, chapeau. And so we're, we're, we're at the beginning of our journey. But really, to look at what you've done is, is, uh, is very, very impressive. And congratulations. I would love to learn more. I, I, I think you want to know more. We will. I, I 100%. I, I know we're gonna, I'm going to hopefully meet in person. And I think, you know, we have to help each other on this journey as well because I think there's a lot of appetite for um it's funny because in the Western world this is all new to them, right? Ayurveda, yeah. Indian sense. They're like, wow, this is so trendy or so cool. I'm like, no, no, this has been you know thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> Nothing is new here. But people are very open, people love it and people connect to it. So I think, you know, we're not going to be the only ones. There's going to be hopefully many more. We'll open up the doors and uh we're going to bring India really on the map as a place of divine, you know, uh, purpose and love. And so guys, fire around questions and then we'll call it a day. Uh, I could speak all day to you guys, but uh, I'm sure we'll redo this podcast in the future, maybe in a year or two, and then we'll see where our journeys are. But um, my first question, and I'll start with Anita and I'll go to Paul. Anita, what's another beauty brand or beauty company that you love right now? I would say Paro. <laughs> Paro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Paro is... An Indian 
beauty skincare coming up in a very big way. Yeah. How about you, Paul? I'm going to say Fable and Lane. How about that? I love that. I'll take that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, which I love, I by the way. Say, yes, so I'm going to say. say and yeah. Lane. <laughs> My second question is, do you have a, a favorite quote or a saying that you keep close to your heart, Anita? Uh, but the one that I love most is one from Rumi. Uh, and it says, mm. I want to sing like the birds sing, not worry who listens and what they think. I love that. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, Rumi is oh, amazing. How about you, Paul? And I don't really have a quote per se. I, I don't really keep it, but it's more just about my, it's really a philosophy about always staying open and curious and to when I have discomfort, to realize the discomfort is a, is a signal of living life and to lean into that. Exactly. And my last question, Anita, is if you want Right now, building Lilanor or Good Earth or in all these amazing companies, what would Anita be doing? I'm going to be just creating a haveli in Jaipur right now, restoring an old haveli. So I'm always doing something. Yeah, I love skincare. So we're creating a very, very special line from Paro called Nitya, which is going to be very special, very oh, pure, wow. completely completely cosmos certified everything which is coming up but based on our traditional way of using uh, things yeah a lot of things excite me or then i'd be a dj <laughs> a dj i love it <laughs> and paul how about you if you went in the perfume industry if i would not be i would continue to do what i do best connecting people ideas and businesses and following my nose and being part of the cultural mix and seeing where those opportunities go. And I would hope that it would always be my deep heart started. Everything changed for me in those fields of Madurai many years ago, and India will always be part of my life. So, you know, that I'm hoping that Lilanor is going to be part of my life for a long time to come, but if it were not Lilanor, it would still be very much involved with India, but it's in the intersection of culture, creativity, and business. Oh, well, no, I love that. Uh, where can everyone find Lilanor? Come to us, come to visit us at our counter at Harrods or at yep. Bergdorf Goodman or at Leonor.com. Yep. Perfect. Thank you guys so much um, and hope to see you very, very soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.